Hey everybody, this week's episode of the R&R&R Show is brought to you by Arcane Wonders and their new fast-playing card game, Gap, which is a very, very clever design. Here's the deal. On your turn, you are going to play a card from your hand, and based on the number of that card, it will potentially let you draft other cards that are on the common display and put them into your score pile. Now, if you play a card that doesn't let you draft, then you just get rid of that card and other players might be able to grab it later. So, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of double guessing what you think your opponent's going to play so that you can get the right cards at the right time. But then things get tricky because once you put a card in your score pile, its number no longer matters. That was only for the drafting. Now what matters is the color. And you are trying to set collect, get the most cards you can of one color. But the tricky thing is the way you score. Once all the cards have been grabbed and all the cards have been played, everybody's going to do a mid-game scoring. You will take your biggest color group, say you've got five cards in a color group, and then you will subtract the uh, number of cards from your smallest color group. And that's where the gap comes in. Because you are playing your cards smartly to try to get the right colors at the right time with these multi-use cards. And I gotta say, folk, the gap is really, really clever. So, if you'd like to know more about Gap and other games from Arcane Wonders, there's a link down in the show notes. And now, on with the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And thank you, Richard. Hello, friends. How are you? Welcome to the R&R and R show. My name is Ruel. Joined, as always, by my incredible co-hosts, Ray and Chris. We've got a very special guest today. Uh, Cole Worley is joining us. Uh, folks, how's everyone doing? Fantastic. I'm thrilled. We're thrilled to be here. It's time to celebrate the best of 2023. We're doing it. Send us, get the streamers God, going. So much fun Send the balloons. Let's, let's, let's get it all going on. It's 2023. We're here to celebrate and to talk about the best games. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled. And I'm and really, if you haven't checked out the pre-show, we do a pre-show of this. We were hanging out with Cole. Cole Worley and just chatting about uh, a bunch of games and and what what he's been up to. It was awesome. Uh, we, Cole is an honorary R in yeah. the R and R show now. The R and R and R and R and R show now. It's it's up to me to lose that over the course of this list. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the goal because <laughs> we can't add any more R's. It's uh, it's too complicated as it is. <laughs> It really is. Uh, folks, what we're doing today is uh, talking about our top 16 games of 2023. And, you know, you saw Chris's awesome special effects. This is a very special show because we've got contributors throughout the channel that are joining us uh, via the magic of video. So we're going to kick things off with us, though. Um, I believe, Chris, you're going to lead things off with our number 16 on the combined list of top games of 2023. Yeah, we're going to get right into the list. I'm excited. Yeah. So let's go right into the list. Let's uh, do I it. do want to I do want to shout out again like our, our sponsor Arcane Wonders though. A yes. gap that was being that was being focused on. Uh, I've just now started to play. I'm I'm excited. I picked up a copy of PAX and I'm here in Nova Scotia hanging out with my girlfriend's family and they're real card players. 
You know, they, they, Ticket to Ride is the max g- game that I've ever been able to get them into, and even that's a little bit too much. Uh, and so I was excited to take a lot of, like, card games for them. But Gap is surprising. It looks like it should be a simple card game, but I feel like the if you want to get good at it and get really good at it, there's, like, a really... There's a really interesting gamer gamification that exists in there, which I was not expecting. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, we're, we're still we're, we're working through it with with my girlfriend's parents. Like they've now caught on and they're enjoying it. But I was like, oh, it's going to be a home run. And I was like, oh, no, there's like there's a surprising depth here. I was yeah. not I was not prepared for this. And so that's also really, really, really fun to to, to realize and, and just wanted to to share my my gap experience and be like, oh, yeah, there's something. Yeah, some crunchy here, and then everybody also loved the foil cards and the shiny oh, yeah. too. That was like the number one. Mm-hmm. It's it is literally shiny, as as you can see here. Um, you're you're right, Chris. There's way more in the box than you expect, and I that's what I yeah. loved about it as well. Um, it just mm-hmm. really it's set collection, hand management, but there's that little I guess. So push your luck or just a little element of like, I don't know what to do right here. Am I supposed to take this, this? And you have some choice, real choice to be made throughout the game, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, it's easy. Uh, it's I mean, the cliche is it's easy to learn, but hard to master. Um, I, yeah. I feel like this is the, the game. It, it definitely falls into that into that category for sure. Yeah. Um, so a 2023 game that I played too late. I played it too late to consider it for my list. Yep. But I got I got excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for this list. We got 16 games of 2023, and we've got a bunch of contributors from the Rado channel as well. So you're going to be hearing for a lot of different voices. And yes. I'm honored to get to go first. So yes. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep talking and kick it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the our number 16. Our collective number 16 is a game called Holotype. Uh, this is a game about dinosaurs. This is a game that I affectionately refer to as. A worker placement cube pushing wing dinosaur wingspan. Like it, it's <laughs> it's the most relaxing cube pusher out there. This is one that like I feel like I've tried to champion this whole year because I've been having such a great time with it. It, it was from a very small studio, uh, funded on Kickstarter back in 2022 or maybe 2021. I'm not sure. Uh, and they ne- they now had they had an expansion come out. They they delivered their main game. And they have an expansion out for it, and it's just like it's so slick. It's so slick. It's so lovely and calm. What you're doing is you, there's five basic worker placement spots. You're going out. You're getting these fossils, these different cubes. Uh, the different color of the cubes represent different fossil types in the Jurassic, the Cretaceous, uh, the the other era. And there's three of them. And those are the those are the official titles: Jurassic, Cretaceous, and other. I'm fairly certain. Triassic. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and and so you're you're getting those cubes. You're paying for these dinosaurs. But there's a few tweaks here that I really really enjoy. One with the worker placement aspect of it, you have a hierarchy of workers, and so you have a, a tall a, a tall a medium and a short worker, and the tall person can kick anyone out of the worker spot that they want to go. They just kick them out, and they go back to the person's hand. Uh, or the medium kicks out the medium and below, and the small one can kick out the small one. In addition, the tall person always gets a bonus benefit uh, versus the, the it's the, your main paleontologist versus like an intern. Basically, mm-hmm. they can they understand how to research and get the bones a little bit more. Uh, and so that combo of flow of where to put your workers that you can kick other people's back, but you also stop them from needing to recall all their workers. It's just a consistent flow. And then there's an ongoing. Um, 
tracker where at certain points during the game, once a certain number of holotype and dinosaurs have been published, the research findings have been published, everybody gets a, a bonus asymmetrical power. And you get to choose from like six of them. And so you're like, okay, all right, now I, now I get an extra cube when I go to this spot. Or now I get an extra card when I go to this spot. And I, I love that idea of uh, escalating asymmetry that's built throughout the game just on the game's timer itself. It's not something that you have to achieve. It's just something that you have to get uh, and, and get to get to get throughout the game. And I just think it's so slick. Uh, it's so like lovely, calm, relaxing. I, I'll champion this game any day of the week. Uh, it, it does exactly what you expect it to do. Just like it hits it to a T. I remember reading through the rule book and I thought, this is going to be fun. It's going to be exactly great fun. And it is. And, and so that's our number 16 holotype. Um, yeah, love it. Wow, love it. I yeah. I remember seeing I, the the run through that Kimberly did on the channel, and I was interested. Mm -hmm. But now hearing you talk about it, Chris, I'm really interested in this now. Uh, I mean, you had me at worker placement, but also just that whole like chill vibe. Like I'm all about that, mm. and that's normally not what I think of when I think of dinosaurs being chill. You know, I'm thinking <laughs> dinosaurs not being chill. So uh, very cool to hear that. Um, would you? I don't know. I, I don't really use that term, but I'm going to use it anyways. Is it a wingspan killer for you? Um, no, no, but I, I refer to it as wingspan in terms of like with wingspan, I don't care that they're birds. I care that it's a fun game, you know, like, I, I, like, Chris, uh, no. although there, although there is, don't mean an, that. there is an incredible <laughs> app called wing song that you can hover over the bird yeah. card and you can hear the bird sound and it's so cool. Oh. So, okay. Maybe I do care that they're birds, but like my focus, yeah. like if I'm playing the game, my focus is okay. I'm, I'm focusing around the mechanics, right? I'm not focusing on how beautiful the plumage is. I save that for the end and my personal time. Uh, and so it's the same with, it's the same with these dinosaurs, right? Uh, I, I don't, I don't care what dinosaurs they are. I do care, but like, I just care. That's why I say it's a nice cube pusher in terms of the theme doesn't necessarily need to matter for me, but there yeah. is so much depth of theme in it in terms of like the, they like wingspan little dinosaur facts on each card, right? Where they're mm -hmm. located in North and where the bones were found, right? What mm -hmm. period they were found, the size of dinosaur, like all of those little cool things that like I just I just like to I I just like the cube pushing aspect of it, uh, and that's just gravy on top. So that's that's where that sort of comparison comes in because the same feeling of like all of this hard work has been put into it that I I really appreciate. But it's it's the mechanics of the game that that really just draw me in and 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 make me that relaxed. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to give it a shot. It looks like a worthy addition to the list. Um, we're gonna move on to our number fifteen. Uh, this is. Are from Paulo. Uh, Y'all know Paulo um, from uh, the channel. He's the one that corrects all the goofs that we do in the run through. So we've got him on video. We're going to go over there right now and fingers crossed that this works, folks. <laughs> I'm here to tell you about my number one game of 2023, and that game is Evacuation from Vladimir Suki. This is a brilliant game. And what makes this game brilliant is the way that. You start a game with uh, a full production on Earth, but you have to slowly dismantle it and bring it to the to the new world. Uh, and that balance you have to strike between dismantle everything on Earth and start building 
and getting those resources to be able to continue to produce and build other stuff on the new planet is, is amazing. Also, the game comes with uh, several different ways to be played out of the box. You can play the race game, you can play uh, a points game, uh, also you can play with normal actions or advanced actions. Uh, every player starts with a set of technology tiles that are different. They aren't uh, ready out of uh, uh, when you start a game. You have them, but you have to develop them, develop them during the game. Uh, so there's al there's also that asymmetry between all the players uh, in the game, and for me that's very well done uh, and makes the game uh, really, really, really great. If you haven't tried it, you sh you should try because it's a fantastic game. For me, it's the number one of 2023, and that's all. Uh, have a nice holidays and see you again next year. Bye. All right. And uh, thank you, Paulo. Much appreciate our number 15 evacuation. Now, I remember this game from earlier this year. Richard and I were really excited about just that whole theme of, you know, trying to escape or whatever. Uh, sci I like sci-fi games, um, but I've not been able to play this yet, uh, but definitely looks like something I'd be interested in. Uh, any thoughts from, uh, from any of y'all? I, yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I haven't gotten. Oops, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. We're saying the same thing. Neither Ray and I, we were, we had a, <laughs> we had a day scheduled where we were going to play it, and that day fell through. So otherwise, Damn. we would have, we would have both played it. That's. Uh, Cole, were you invited to that of ours? That no. That day of uh, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I watched people play this at BGCon. It looked so interesting, and it, I just, it isn't out yet. So this feels like a little, it's like slight cheating for the U.S. audience because uh -huh. it's in stores until like next mm. week. Oh. Yeah, I would love to try it. I, I'm very familiar with Vladimir Suki's work, having worked at CGE. Obviously, he used to make a lot of games for them. So I'm I'm very interested to try this out. Last Will is one of my one of my favorite like mechanisms in a game, the deconstructing of your engine. So I, I respect him a lot as a designer. So I'd be I'd be interested to, to check it out. I'm not big on space themes. That's my one thing. I'm not super, space themes have to be done in a very specific way to really grab my attention but um yeah. like, i like vladimir Suki i was just designer, gonna say so. there's a game called yeah, arcs that you may like i was right. gonna say that <laughs> i was too busy listening to cole talk and we moved on to something else but i did want to say i think arcs <laughs> might be the first i said it in chat that arcs yes. might be the first space game to get me into like space themes because yeah. i typically don't like yeah. i don't know it just doesn't grab me um yeah. but yeah and oh, uh, folks on YouTube, you're watching this. We do do an extended uh, show where we go live on Twitch. And we talked to Cole for quite a while here. And we were talking about arcs. So be sure to click the show notes below for a link to the extended edition. Um, let's uh, move on to our number 14. Um, oh, uh, I've got this one. A guy named Ruel's got number 14 up. Uh, this is one of my favorite games uh, of the year. I really enjoyed this one. I came out. Um, I think the official was release was at Gen Con. It is a two-player game. And I... Honestly, I sort of overlooked this one. I wasn't really sure about it, but once I played it, I was blown away. And that's our number 14. It is Sky Team. Um, I really, oh. really enjoyed this one. This was so much oh. fun. Uh, Richard and I did I a play a live or playthrough here on uh, the channel where he had the board set up and I had dice on my side and everything. It's a cooperative game, a dice placement game, where you're trying to land a plane uh, safely. One, pilot, one person's the pilot, others the co-pilot. 
Um, you roll dice behind a screen, and then you take turns placing them. And you're trying, you know, certain things you want to uh, unlock first or, you know, flip the switches, bring down the flaps, the landing gear. Um, you have to make sure the um, uh, runway is clear of planes. And then when you add some of the modular expansions, it's really great. You can add like an intern that you're supposed to train. You have to start thinking about fuel. So it really ramps up. And, oh, it's so good. And it's just so smooth and I really love this game, and you know, since I've been playing it, I I've crashed more planes than I, I care to share. Um, it's been, it's been uh, when you fly Gaviola Airlines, folks, it's a pretty bloody experience, unfortunately, but <laughs> it's a good time, and that's why it's our number fourteen Sky Team. I hope some of y'all have played this. I love this game. My neighbor brought it back from PAX. Uh, he he was like. He was very excited about it. I know you and Richard have talked about it for so long, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's one that I'm looking forward to trying out for sure. I don't know. Am I still? Chat was saying I'm echoed. I don't know if that's fixed yet, but I oh, have okay. thoughts on I have thoughts on Skyteam, but I don't. Oh want yeah, to hurt, I think uh, you're good. Please, yeast. yeah, please share uh, thoughts. Uh, Am I good? It will fix okay. the audio as we go. I freaking love Skyteam, and I don't like co-ops. Like, point blank, I hate them. I don't like working with other people. Uh, why get points as a team if I could get points by myself and laugh yep. at you for losing? Uh, but Sky Team is fantastic. It's one of it's one of those co-ops that really um, does something different and unique, and it in- introduces this, like, external pressure feeling. And anything with, like, communication barriers, I need stuff mm-hmm. like that for yeah. me to really like a co-op. And I, I like, and it's quick, it's easy. I really like Sky Team. It, it has those elements that I need for a co-op to work for me, namely the communication barrier, some sort of external, really visceral feeling of pressure from the game itself, which it's hard to like distill how to do that. But Sky Team does that for me. Um, and I'm so mad because I totally forgot about it. That is a game that came out this year that I've been playing like all year. Yeah. I totally <laughs> forgot. But I'm glad I made it on this list somewhere. I would have been really mad. Sky Team's fantastic. It's one of the, the handful of co-ops that I actually I actually truly enjoy. So I'm glad it's on the list. Nice. I totally agree. Ray, <laughs> you and I are cut from the same cloth. I do not like yeah. most co-ops. But the ones where I have to get inside my partner's head, like Hanabi, love yeah. Hanabi. Yes. And I feel yeah. like Sky, Time does the, Sky Team does that same thing where I'm like, yes. oh, yes. what yes. price do you have behind your screen? It's great. Yeah. Great it's always fun having those moments like, why did you put that die right there? No, I need that one in the other space so I can go there. I, yeah. I love that yeah. that tension. Yeah. Very I think cool. that's what it is. I dislike copes, but I love arguments. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like it when we fight. <laughs> and some co-ops... Make you fight, and I like that. So yeah. I think we I think I, we learned something today. I learned something about myself here in chat. <laughs> Ray likes to fight, and also please don't uh don't ever you never want Ray as your pilot or co-pilot because that's the last thing you want to see on a oh, plane, God, your pilot no. and co-pilot fighting, right? <laughs> well, that's why there's the door. That's the only reason. Yeah, oh my god, I will say, okay, this is a tangential story, and I swear to god I'll keep it super short. I and I I promise it'll I'll tie it back in. I live in a really small town, and the way my my <laughs> The way my travel situation worked for PAX, I had to take a plane home and there's this really tiny local airport and I flew this teeny tiny, I didn't fly it, but I was there in this teeny tiny plane. (laughs) It was me and one other person in this entire plane. That's how small this plane was. And I could see the cockpit. There was nothing dividing me and the pilot. And now I feel like I have, yeah. And there was only one pilot. There was no co-pilot. That dude has a stroke. We're all dead. We're all going down. It was terrifying. (laughs) That's so I I feel like I haven't played Sky Team since then, but I feel like now I need to because I you could feel every little dip. I could feel they weighed you before you got on the plane. They weighed you and your stuff. 
so they could God, level dude. out the weight of distribution yep, of the plane. Right. And that is a mechanic in Sky Team is to trying to keep the the wings level, so I feel yeah. like I, I can understand it now more more viscerally. <laughs> so after a few games in Sky Team, you're ready to go co-pilot a plane, basically. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll like put me in. I got it. I, oh, I got a four it. on my dice. What do you have? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Thanks, Ray. Why don't we go on to our number thirteen? We're bringing on Alex uh, from Mighty Suggest a Game. He's uh, one of the contributors to the channel. He's got a number thirteen game. Uh, Alex, uh, go ahead and. Take it away. Hi, I'm Alex from Might I Suggest a Game, a channel devoted to helping you find your perfect board game. And my favorite game of 2023 has got to be Thunder Road Vendetta. Now, if you're looking for a nice and strategic game that really rewards these well-thought-out decisions, then Thunder Road Vendetta is not your game. But if you want a crazy game with some really memorable moments that I've definitely described before as chaos incarnate, then this game is for you. I feel like whenever I play games, I always have that little angel and devil on my shoulder trying to pull me in different directions. Most of the time, I admittedly listen to the angel and try to make the most strategic or optimal play. But in Thunder Road Vendetta, it's like the angel's taking a nap and the devil is totally in control. I mean, there is some strategy involved, don't get me wrong. But if you've ever played a game and thought, mm, I know this is probably the best move for me, but man, it would be really fun to do that thing. Oh my gosh, you're going to love this game. Thunder Road Vendetta is a Mad Maxian death race style game for one to four players from Restoration Games. Plus, it plays up to six players with the expansion. In the game, assuming you're playing playing with the base game, you start with three cars, a small, medium, and large car, and your goal is to be the team with the first car to cross the finish line. Now the tricky part is, when you start the race, you don't know where the finish line is. The finish line only appears as soon as one player is completely eliminated. So it's actually a racing game that plays in two phases, the first of which isn't about racing at all. I mean, sure, you want to make good decisions about maneuvering and moving around the map, but at the same time, you kind of want to stay in the middle of the pack so you can shoot at people and drop airstrikes on them and all kinds of stuff. There are really no guarantees in the game. Actually, that's not true. There is one guarantee, the guarantee that at least one of your cars is going to get completely demolished. I mean, the amount of different ways that you can die in this game is laughable, honestly. And I feel like after a number of different plays, I haven't even scratched the surface with ways to get rid of my opponents and with ways that my own cars can get destroyed. The gameplay itself is simple to pick up and it's definitely chaotic. I mean, there's a lot of dice rolls that can be really consequential. But as soon as you realize that everybody's taking the same risks as you, and if you're not risking it, you're not winning, that's for sure. Then all that dice rolling just seems par for the course. Oh, and I haven't even mentioned the hazards. There are so many hazards that are on the board and they're almost all face down, which means you can always push your luck and try to take a shortcut. I mean, you could hit a ramp and get a speed boost of up to four spaces, or you could hit a pit and get eliminated immediately. But these are the decisions that you have to make in the game, and honestly, most of them have to come out of desperation. I mean, at the beginning of the game, when everybody still has their cars, there's a lot of bouncing off of one another and trying to maneuver into a good spot to shoot another person. But towards the end of the game, especially after someone's eliminated, it immediately becomes a mad dash to the finish. And trust me, people will do anything to capture that checkered flag. So is Thunder Road Vendetta the most strategic game on this list? Definitely not. But I have never ended a play of this game in my seat because I'm always standing up, looking over the table, rolling the dice, hoping and praying that I can get exactly what I need to cross the finish line first, just one turn before someone else. And to get those memorable edge of your seat moments in a board game, to me that is priceless. So if life has got you down lately and you're looking for a game where you can really just bash it out with other people that doesn't feel too mean because trust me they'll be bashing back and that really leads to some amazing moments that you'll be talking about for weeks then might i suggest thunder road vendetta yeah what what a great description of that game i i now this one was not on my radar only because i haven't played it yet because 
I've tried to order the game. It was so, it's been sold out, and I think I don't know if they're coming up with a new Kickstarter or if they just got it restocked. But it looks like my jam. It's got you know a bunch of dice chucking. It's got this cool, as uh, Alex said, Mad Mad Maxillian uh, theme to it. Um, but I like race games, so I think this is one I need to check out ASAP. It has one of my favorite mechanisms in a game, which is that when the cars start crashing. It just tells you to keep resolving the crash until there are no more crashes. <laughs> so the cars will like go back and forth and bounce all around and it can go for a long time, but it's just a ride. I mean, nice. It, it's sort of, I mean, I, I like this game quite a bit. I think it's like the anti heat though. Oh, okay. heat, heat is like very controlled. Yep. Like you're always going to yeah, get a good race out of heat. And, and if you play heat and you're like, but what if it were like zany, then, mm-hmm. then, nice. then you're in the right lane for Thunder Road. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, as much as I enjoy heat, I, I feel like Thunder Road's more my jam because I, I do a, like a little chaos uh, mixed in there. Um, you like the zany? I like I yeah. do like the zany. <laughs> Definitely a fan of the zany. <laughs> nice, cool. Okay, we've got number twelve. And I like that description too. Yeah, isn't it great? Um, we're we're going to turn it over to our yeah. guest, Cole. Well, you've got number twelve for us. Of uh, what do you have, my friend? So twelve is. Uh, Matt Eklund's Station Fall, published by Ion Games, came nice. out earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game is just, just a, a small marvel. marvel. Uh, it's, it's a small marvel, marvel it doesn't, doesn't look, look small. So, so basically, it, it looks, looks insane. insane. If you, you just, just see, see I'm, I'm sure all the videos have to do it. it. Yeah. There is so, so much stuff. There are all, all these cards and rules, and it seems like it's going to be completely overwhelming. But it plays very, very, very quickly. quickly. The, the core, core mechanisms, mechanisms are extremely simple. And what, and what I, I love, love about it is, is I feel like it has, there's five times as much cool stuff as in the big game like Nemesis, but it's in one small little box. So if you've ever played a game like Nemesis and thought to yourself, I wish that it got to the punch faster and I wish it was a little bit wilder and more interesting things could happen. And I also wish I didn't have to spend $500 on all the other Nemesis stuff. Station Fall is probably like a perfect game for you. Now, one reason I like it is, you know, back back in my Halcyon days, I played a lot of Werewolf and Mafia. And these days I play lots of Blood on the Clock Tower. But those games need like 10 people. And what's brilliant about Station Fall is you can play, you can get the feeling of a big social deduction game, but only play with three or four or five people. And you still get that, that feeling of the crowded room. So the way the game works is there's this big station uh, that is getting ready to crash into the earth. You've got five minutes until it burns up in orbit. And during that period, I think it's like 15 minutes until it crashes. Uh, and on the station, there are some number of actors, maybe 12 people milling about. Every one of those actors has their own victory condition. They have their own thing that they want to do. And you can control any of them, but secretly you're playing just one. And so you can move as any of the actors and, and all the actors have, have hilarious victory conditions. It's one of those games. I always, <laughs> when I'm working on designs. I always think about grammar. Like what is the game asking me to do? And do I feel like it is well supported by the language of the game? And, you know, for example, you can play the astro chimp who's some like experimental <laughs> monkey that, that, that's on the space station. And the astro chimp's goal is to just get shiny things. And so, you know, the, the whole language of the game, they're running around, like, grabbing briefcases and stealing it. And, you know, someone else might be a reporter. They've got to get evidence and then get on the shuttle and make it home. Uh, but if the chimp bumps into them and takes the, 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 uh, the briefcase, now they're chasing a chimp through a, through a Jeffrey's <laughs> tube. It is chaotic and wonderful. Um, and is, it's exactly what, what I love to see in, in new thematic designs. I feel like it breaks a lot of new ground. But without, 
without any fancy tricks. It's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward board game. It's, it's surprisingly easy to teach and then, and very, very fast to play and set up. So that, that's station fall for Matt Eklund. Got it. Cool. I'm wow. so glad this was on your list because yeah. I desperately, desperately wanted to put it on my list, but I've only played it once. So I didn't feel because I don't I don't own it. I, I played it. Yeah. I played it when I was uh, in the Czech Republic for work uh, earlier this year. And I love it. Oh, my God. You you nailed it. Like the 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 unique wind conditions. I think I played as like a frozen corpse who just needed to get dragged across the ship and thrown out the window. <laughs> I think that's all I wanted. So I had to manipulate other characters to slowly drag me across the entire map. And I love some so funny. It's awesome. I was the I was the frozen corpse and I was the rat. Those are the two roles that I had when we <laughs> yes. played. And it's incredible. And I also love the idea of, as a social deduction game, the idea that you're not you, you're not just this one person. You are, first of all, you can control all the characters on the ship, which is a really interesting mechanism for a social deduction game. And then also like the way I understood sort of the narrative structure, you are you are not a person, you are like an influence over the game. There was like a whole, yeah. there's a whole interesting layer into what oh. your role is as the person at the table in this sort of arena that you're playing in. And God, this game is so good. And it looks nuts on the table and i we, we played it in this big we're at this gaming retreat and every time people pass us they're like what is this because it's huge it's massive and i same with you i love social deduction games blood in the clock tower is one of my favorite games and oh god station falls so good so i'm glad you put it on this list because i didn't feel that my one play warranted you know game of the year status but i'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed it and um and backed up well, my, and, and my i'm feelings. just and i'm so happy to say that the more you play it the more it has to give it is just it is a great yes. work and it, it is one of those things that i'll say that some of the games and i'll, I'll put in contrast to sky team sky team is an incredibly good game that is so carefully designed like it like it's almost impossible to dislike sky team yeah and station fall looks crazy and, I, and so I think <laughs> you have to know going into it that you got to be a little yeah. crazy to, to, to get on its wavelength. Um, but, but, if, but if you do, there's, uh, there's just a lot of treasure to be found. Love that. Awesome. Yeah. And I can, um, I can kind of attest to how this game looks more complicated than it is. My, my mom played this game with me. My mom's a big board gamer, but she hits a complexity sort of barrier. And this, this game is weirdly accessible for how in, insane it cool. looks on, on the table. Yeah, I, I'm sold. I, I I totally want to play this. And the thing I, <laughs> I love, based on your descriptions and just what I've seen on BGG in that, that video, I'm not a social deduction fan, but this is the game I would definitely mm-hmm. give a shot. Um, it's like Mafia or Werewolf, like, it's just not really my jam. But then you start intru- introducing some mechanisms like this and, you know, on a board, like I'm I'm down for that. So, and it's it's space and it's got chimps and all kinds of things. I Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> Let's move on to, one. what do we got? Number 11, uh, we've got our friends 11. Amy and Maggie from Thinker Themer joining us. Uh, let's get that video rolling and um, give me just a second here. Uh, Amy and Maggie, what do you have for us? Um, here. Thema and from Run Throughs here on Rado yeah. Runs Through. We have loved contributing to the channel this year and we're here to talk about our favorite game of 2023. Shall Ooh, I bring it in? The top of the list. Let's do it. It yes. is... Hegemony. Hegemony. What an excellent, excellent, innovative uh, gaming experience. So Hegemony is a game that was really truly developed from the theme ground up. And it manages to replicate or almost will simulate the different dynamics and the frictions and the push and pull of the different social classes. So 
players are going to play very asymmetrically. Someone's going to be playing as the working class, someone's the middle class, someone's the capitalist, and someone will be the state trying to keep everybody else in a bit of balance. And there are these completely asymmetric decks that you're going to be playing cards from that are going to help push your agenda.、Um, but it's really easy to. Because it's so thematic, it's、yeah. easy to think about what you need to get done. As the working class, you want to feed your people,、yeah. and you're looking for the basics of healthcare and education. Whereas、yeah. at the other end of the spectrum, if you are the capitalist, well, then you're importing goods and you're selling them at a profit. You are setting up businesses to attract workers、mm. to make you more products that、yeah. you can sell. <laughs> and sometimes you might even buy an island. You so、know? you have very different priorities. All in a capitalist、uh, day's work. Different、uh, Maslow hierarchy. Of yeah, needs, yeah.、Um, and but this game is not just thematic; it's also mechanically really、mm. interesting. There's、um, a policies table where you're going to be trying to negotiate with each other to help get certain policies passed.、Mm. So, for example, there will be items、uh, about free healthcare, or、yeah. there might be、uh, immigration or different tax policies, and you might need to side with each other for different elements of that because the way that it's worked out is by people contributing、yes. to a bag of votes. Votes, and then the votes are going to be pulled out, and th- those policies are really going to dictate how the game flows. It just creates for such incredible、uh, conversations and just. Overall, the dynamics, the understanding of like, oh,、mm. that's why this plays out like、mm-hmm. this in real life. Because of course, if this is my motivation, this is what's going to happen. I think it's just such an incredible、uh, feat to also make a, t- a theme that could be so dry, be so fun. It- I mean, if you're only into fantasies, at fantasy yeah, in it, space, this it, might not be the game for you.、Yeah. But for us, this is perfect fodder for a game. Yeah, it's super interesting, and in a year of brilliant. Game、oh. releases. This one really stood out as being innovative, so that is saying something. Yeah.、Um, but yeah, wait to see what 2024 has in store. If this is how, then it was such a tough pick for、it、this was. year. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes. Thank you so very much for everything. We look forward to playing more games and seeing you all in 2024. And we will just say bye for now. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Bye. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by the Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm kicking myself for not backing this on Kickstarter、uh, because this looks wonderful. I know Richard was really hyped about this one, and I'm actually glad we have Cole on today because I feel like Cole, this game, I feel like is in your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting. So I've I haven't played it. I've read the rules, and I'm interested. I really want to try it, and it is.、Um, You know, here's what here's what I'll say about just my impression from having worked in games about class and having read the rules.、Mm-hmm. Um, 
this game shows what diversity there is within the same style of game. Because I think it's about as different from the kind of games that I work on as could be, but it, it bears some similarities too. And I think it um, it really, my sense of the, of the game is that it really leans into that asymmetric framework where it says like, look, we're going to kind of present lightly caricatured versions of these different classes. And then we're going to ask you to like inhabit those roles. Once you get in your role though, you're you're kind of stuck in your role. Uh, which is a place that's very different from stuff that I've worked on. But I think that these, the setting is, is really compelling and it, it was really fun to see the game do well, especially from a relatively new publisher because it's a, it's a big swing, you know, yeah. and this, oh, yeah. this is not the, not the easiest topic to, to land, but people seem to really love it and I'm, I'm really happy for them. So I hope they make more weird stuff. <laughs> and it's a, it's a long play time too. I know I'm in the same boat having read the rules, uh, been really interested. It was my pick of the week on my Kickstarter wrap up show that I do. I just thought it looked so unique and innovative and it's something that I really want to try. But, and I know a lot of people in my, in my discord have been talking about it a ton, uh, enjoying it, enjoying the solo mode. Um, and, and also recommending that the first time you play, they're like, play with the, get the four people who are in to play that one, that one time. So you can see all the, all of the moving parts and then you can scale down to like your solo or your two player and, and put in like the automated, uh, opponents. But I just think, I think that the concept is, is so cool and it it looks, it's a, it's a, it's a investment in terms of time. And like, you want to make sure you got to got the group for it. But if you do, I think this one's gonna gonna really, really slap. Yeah, nice. Okay, so that's our number eleven. We are counting down the top sixteen games of twenty twenty three. And Ray, we've got our number ten ready for us. All right. So this is a game. So last last show, I I said I consider myself a connoisseur of end of the night games, and this is one of my favorites in this genre right now. And it's a game that was a late, late comer to my the games that I played this year. I actually played this at PAX this year, but I've played it so much since PAX that I feel confident putting it on this list. And this is a game called Drapolter, with the tagline being Ghost versus Palm Muscle. What does that mean? Let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a game by Oink. It's a dexterity game where you drop things. And that's it. That's the game. You drop things. And I absolutely adore games where when you describe them, people go, huh? That's not a game. And then you play it with them and you realize how it is a game and that it's fantastic. (laughs) So this is literally a game where you're all going to have a handful of knickknacks. There's like a cube and like a little waffle and a key and a ring and a shell. You're going to hold all these things in your hand (laughs) and then you're going to flip over a cart. And that cart is going to have a certain number of those things depicted on it. And your goal is to drop just those things out of your hand. This sounds really easy and so, kind of dumb. It's, I mean, it is, but it's, it's really like fun. I love, yeah. I, I love party games. I also love that it's a dexterity game that isn't just about having steady hands. Like obviously you need to have, you need to be able to articulate your fingers and have fine motor skills, but it's the total polar opposite of like a Jenga or something where you're trying to have very uh, steady hands. And so you're trying to shake your hand, you're trying to manipulate your hand so only the right things drop out of your hand. First person to drop the correct things grabs this little ghost token in the middle and they get a point. 
And this is where my favorite part of Drapolter comes in, which is what are the points in Drapolter? Well, there are these really obnoxious, teeny tiny little bells that you must now hold in your hand for the rest <laughs> of the game. And it's so cute. At the beginning, everyone shakes up their palms and you can hear who has the most points because they've got all these bells in their hand. So for the first round, without I've played this with a ton of groups now, without fail, the first round, what everyone will do is when the card is flipped over, they'll grab with their thumb the things that aren't on the card and then just tip their hand over. And that's great. That works. The second you get these little bells, they're in your hand. And if you ever drop a bell, you lose that point. So you it, it scales in difficulty as you're getting more points. By the time you have four or five bells, it's you have to you go from being really chaotic and fast with it to being really meticulous and like trying to articulate your fingers perfectly. And your bells will sometimes be intertwined with the things you're trying to get out. And you can't use your other hand. You've got to just wiggle. I love it. It's silly. It's fun. I love a dexterity game. Um, and I also just love Oink as a publisher. I feel like they always they don't always hit, but they always do something weird everything from oink is some out-of-the-box concept and this one i think for the concept that it is it's the game where you drop stuff it's a really well executed version of the game where all you do is drop stuff and i and i love it i this was my go-to all of that whenever you had five minutes at the bar i was like do you want to play this game where you drop stuff with me and it was a huge hit so this is Drapolter. that's my uh number 10 on game of the year I'm dead. That's so funny. That's it's, it's so good. I, I love it's great. It. <laughs> I almost have no words. Like I'm, I'm going to say this right. weird dexterity games on this yeah. channel. Yeah, I eyes, swear I play the little real eyes. Games. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm going to say this, Ray. That's two for two now. Uh, Ray recommended Yum Yum Island yeah. recently. I bought that, and now I'm going to have to go buy Drapalter. It's just. It looks so wacky, and I, I swear I, I play love games, games that aren't dexterity. But no, that's your yeah. brand now. That is your brand. Yeah, it's that's it's stuck with me now. <laughs> <laughs> Great, yeah, no, I, I adore it. It's so cute and silly, and it's an <laughs> oink game. So it comes in this little tiny box, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I love I love oink games. <laughs> like, like you said, not every, not all the oink games hit, but when they do, they're I mean they're a blast. And yeah. uh, this one I can't wait to play. Hundred percent. Okay. Uh, oh, let's uh, thank you for that, Ray. Let's move on to number nine. Uh, Rich is going to uh, bring nine. us uh, his number nine uh, from the lovely beach in Mexico where he's at. And let me get over here. Um, <laughs> rub it in. Yeah, rub it in. Uh, let's go over to Richard. And oh, I hit pause. So, uh, Richard, take it away, my friend. I hope that. Okay. Hey, everybody. This has been a great list so far. I love some of these entries, Chris. Man, I really need to try Holotype. I know how much you love it. Kimberly loved it too when she ran through it on the channel. Dinosaurs, awesome. Um, but Paolo, evacuation, oh my gosh. I'm gonna be playing this later this week in that very RV back there, maybe at this very pier we find ourselves in to see if it makes it into my personal top 10. Because it's Vladimir Sushi, how could it not be awesome? Ruel, Sky Team, oh baby, you know how much I love that one. And one of the best, maybe the best run through on the channel this year was you and me having a great time trying not to crash a plane, playing that one. Uh, Thunder Road Vendetta. Alex, don't know anything about it. Not my cup of tea, but if we ever make it back home, maybe we'll play it. That should be fun. Cole, Station Fall. This one, I'm so glad it's on the list. I can't wait to hear you talk about it. I've heard Scott Alden, the head of Board Game Geek, rave about this game all year long. He's been going on about it. So it's definitely something that I would like to check out. Obviously not going to work two-player, but someday maybe I'll get a chance. Amy and Maggie's Hegemony. Oh, man. This game is so amazing. Maybe the most um, ambitious game on this list. In the end, I was kind of a little bummed how two-player works. It works okay, but this is definitely better for more players. And Ray, um, Doppelter. 
Ray, I'm so happy you're here talking about games I never would have heard of. Otherwise, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Now, folks, number nine on the list. Let me just go on ahead and break it down for you. It's amazing. It's Evenfall. And um, on a surface, it's a really fairly straightforward uh, you know, card drafting, engine building game along the lines of a uh, Race for the Galaxy type thing. We are a coven of witches trying to cast spells. But there are a few things that really make this game stand out. The most important one is when you play cards, they uh, go into kind of a common area where they are available to be used for harvesting resources as time goes on. But what you eventually need to do is move those cards out of that harvesting area, which means you can no longer pull power from them, which is painful. But if you can do that, then that means they become scoring cards as well. This kind of harkens back to one of my all-time favorite games, Elysium. And this game probably does it even better than that one did. I think this one's going to make it on a lot of folks' top tens of the year. The only reason it wouldn't is because not very many people played it yet, but folks, I think it's probably going to go wide in 2024. If you want to know more about it, you can watch my run through uh, because Jen and I fell hard in love with number nine, Evenfall. Okay. Hey. Oh. Hi. We're okay, we're back. Sorry. Hello. <laughs> A little internet hiccup <laughs> there on my end, uh, but yeah, uh, Evenfall, uh, friends, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know anyone in, at least in my circle of uh, gaming friends that has it yet. Um, I know we're all excited to try it, but has anyone gotten a call to this yet? No. Yeah. <laughs> so Richard is, uh, okay, no, it's gonna be even better than that gotta, one, number eight. I wonder who's gonna get do that. To the beach. <laughs> it's at the beach. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, hopefully we'll, uh, he can bring that copy back from Mexico and we can, oh, we can play that one. So, um, we let's move on to number eight. Uh, who's, is this back to you, Chris? Yeah, it is. No, you. It's me. It's me. Yeah. Number eight. I let's think so. I'm, I'm fairly certain. And if it isn't, I'm taking it. You are taking uh, it. Number sir. eight. <laughs> <laughs> number eight is a game that I'm going to change my rating of on this, this show right now. I was like, ah, when I rated it uh, on my own channel, I gave it like a 4.5 out of five. Now nah, it's a five out of five. This game's incredible. Oh. It's, it's city, the great machine. Um, mm, nice. City of the Great Machine, which is, is this uh, one versus all game of hide and seek. It's so, so fun. The other reason I was like, ah, you know what? I sh I'm not a solo player. Uh, and so I didn't like play the solo version. I was like, I, I don't see how it, it being a, a really good solo um, game in itself. And then, I, and then I got schooled in the comments by, by everybody who watched the review. They're like, no, the solo is the best part. Do the solo. I'm like, all right, I have no notes. It's great. Um, it's it's such a fun game. One player plays the Great Machine. They are referred to as the Great Machine. It is in the rule book that you must refer to this player as the Great Machine. Uh, and then the other players play the Revolutionaries. So there's always three Revolutionaries. You can have a team of three or just one player controlling all of them. Doesn't matter. Uh, on your turn, the Revolutionaries will decide where they go. They'll put a card face down. They're like, okay, I'm going to go to this part of the district and I'll get to do a thing there. They commit to that. And then it's up to the great machine to then make all of their actions and move, trying to anticipate the movements of the revolutionaries. And so the great machine, also when you're playing as a group, if there's a group of three, they're all trying to communicate with each other. They're holding up cards. They're like, yeah, I should, I should go here. I should, uh, do you think I should? Yeah, and then we do... 
but maybe we and and they can't say anything because they're sitting right in front of the great machine who's just like hmm where are you going my precious revolutionaries where might you be and so you get this incredible like experience of the great machine just getting to watch and the revolutionaries being like okay should i go there and there might they might try to like bluff it out to the great machine as if they've let something slip or they might not uh but even not at with that sort of four player count even at a two player count it's this really fun like trying to read each other's minds um game of okay this location is really exposed i as revolutionaries can go and and start a riot there because i need three riots to win as the revolutionaries and and so i'm it's really open but is that a trap right is the great machine sort of luring folks away from there because they want me to go there and then they're just gonna they're gonna move all their people back in and, and really really screw me over it's it's such an awesome awesome balance of this hidden movement game, the things you get to do are super fun. Every character has their own special power, which of course you need to have that now in every board game because it's very fun <laughs> to have that special power. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just a really a really slick game. It was one of those games again that was like my pick of the week way back when I I saw it in crowdfunding, and then I I got the opportunity to try it out, and it just hit it hit everything that I was hoping it to do. Uh, it, it, it's it's really fun. I played this with people who are brand new to board gaming and they they loved it like they got so involved in it um the only thing if you don't like working in that team and you're forced to be on the team right sometimes that 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 kind of gives it a little bit of a dip but even still like it's great as a two-player great as that that four-player experience and apparently it's really great solo so uh an awesome hidden movement game city of the great machine really really it's, that's my that's my personal number one. Uh, oh. This is this is the last time I get to contribute to a number to this list. So, <laughs> no, I just want to be clear. That's like my number one. It, it was just such a blast. Yeah, I had a great time with it. Uh, so, um, have you? I forget, uh, Chris. Have you soloed it, or you haven't played? A solo? I, I haven't. I, I'm I haven't. wondering how a hidden movement game works solo. I've never done a hidden movement game solo. I didn't so. think it would, but yeah. I got schooled in the comments. I got schooled okay. in the comments by people saying, "Like, listen, solo is great." I'm nice. Like, okay, I I trust I trust you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. This looks really good. I had never I'd never heard of this. I'm glad it's on this list. I love hidden movement. It's another mm. it's another mm. genre that I really love that I think doesn't get done enough. Uh, and one versus yeah. many as well is fantastic. So I'm gonna definitely ch- definitely check it out. Um, especially because you said it works for new players, which that's is surprising. surprising. And it was yeah. a, it was a long I game. Spend... It was a long game, and uh, but it was it was tight until it wasn't. You know, I okay. Yeah, I was the great machine. It was the first time I was playing as well, but I was the great machine. And there was, there's, you you get the one move where where you get them all. You you anticipate every single one of the moves. You get them all, and then they they uh, they died after that. But um, (laughs) awesome. All right. Great. Right, great. Thank you for that. And uh, as you saw there, that was uh, Shay running through it on the channel here. Um, let's move on to number seven, and we're bringing it back to our guest, Cole. You have the honor for, with number seven. All right. So my, so I, all three of the ones that I picked are very different games. So if you thought Station Falls sounded great, I bet this next one's going to be also perfect for me. You're probably going to be disappointed, <laughs> uh, but but maybe not. So my my set. Seventh on the list, my second pick is Earthborn Rangers, uh, designed by a whole mess of people, but led by Andrew Fisher, who's um, formerly a b- bunch of uh, FFG exiles, basically. Hmm. And this game, I 
I didn't know what it was. Like it was on, it was on crowdfunding and it really led with the, with, with its eco-friendly production and with the fact that it was going to be, instead of being produced in one spot, they were going to produce it by zone. So if you got a copy, it might've been made in Europe or made in a different continent. Um, but I didn't actually know what the game was. And, and when it, when it finally got to me, I was totally taken by it. So over the last several years, I've started getting interested in how living card games work, especially co-op living card games, because it's a genre that I have a lot of natural animosity to. It's it's fiddly. There's a high buy-in. It's hard to teach. But I w- was just interested in like, oh, well, how are people like, you know, one of the best studios that used to make uh, narrative games and, and really immersive games, FFG, they now mostly make living card games. So those games are being made by some of the most talented designers. What sort of games are they making? And I have found them to be really remarkable because the thing when you play a game like Arkham or the Lord of the Rings card game, uh, what's happening is there's a very simple framework that the designer then says, look at this interesting thing we can do with it. Because now you're on a train that's being slowly like falling into a hole and now you're in a dreamscape and they're using a pretty simple set of mechanisms to do it. But one of the problems with living card games is they have really high buy-ins and they're so fiddly. It's hard to manage your your collections and store everything. And Earthborn Rangers is not like that. If you've ever wanted to explore a campaign-based living card game, this is just one of the best start starting places you could possibly be. Uh, you, you you could possibly have. It is a massive game uh, where p- the players are navigating this huge wilderness. And it's sort of up to you to explore it. It really feels like, I think, it feels like Breath of the Wild as a board game. Uh, and so, you know, you have this big map and you get to just sort of explore however you want. The character creation is so simple. Um, and it, it has all these fascinating little uh, quality of life improvements that uh, make the game feel so much fresher than a lot of the other living card games I've played. One thing I also love about it is it, it has a really interesting... Um, resting mechanism so if you're playing like a hard level well it's a game about travel and so you could just stop though and say i'm going to camp here you reshuffle your deck you get your health back and then you could approach that's that that setting a little bit differently but but there's a, a game clock that's always ticking when you do that so you could choose you know if, if you don't want to have too hard of a time of it you could spend a lot of days climbing that mountain it's a hard mountain to climb or if, if you're trying to get something done in a certain time interval you can you can really push yourself and in the same way that we, when you play one of the open world zelda games how you choose to frame every adventure is kind of up to you uh, and then really change the quality of, of, the, of the place that you're exploring. I feel like Earthborn does that just in spades. The other thing that I love about the game is how the enemy behaviors work. So this is not a game where you're just trying to kill everything. Like one mm. of the first things that happened when I played the game is, uh, you know, I was trying to climb up this boulder and uh, I was in this wooded path and a wolf came up in front of me. I thought, oh no, okay, I have to deal with this wolf. And you can you could attack it. You could also study it. And if you study it enough, you can just kind of pass through it. But what ended up happening on an event roll is the wolf saw some prey and just like ran off to go deal with the prey. And it was this oh. amazingly immersive experience in a board game where I felt like, oh, I'm not like the most important thing, part of the story. And I can just kind of explore it at my own pace a little bit. Uh, so if you've ever been interested in how living card games work or what they might offer, I just want to say Earthborn Rangers, by published by Earthborn Games, their first major title, is a really remarkable piece of design. And it's also a great uh, instance of if you if you care about the kind of games that uh, maybe you really loved what this kind of stuff that FFG was doing 10 years ago, follow those people because they're still making interesting things. They just may not be at FFG anymore. 
Wow. Um, so I'm, this is the second game I'm added to my must, must buy list after the show. This <laughs> looks incredible. And, uh, Cole, that you hit on things where the reason why I haven't gotten to um, Living Card Games is because of those things that you had mentioned. You know, there's, it's a huge buy-in at first, and it can be super fiddly. Um, I have friends that are super into them, and my experience has always been not not the greatest, but this seems like it was tailor-made for me as far as I can jump into this and experience it. And, um, I yeah, this looks fantastic. This was sort of the number one buzz at PAX, I felt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If there was yeah. if there was one, uh I, I heard a lot of talk about this and I know people were like running to the booth to try to get a to try to get a copy and that they ran out because it was so popular. So I, I I love hearing that it's that it's killing it for, for all the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I also love that description of Breath of the Wild, the the board game. Cause again, normally this kind of thing doesn't really doesn't really call to me, but that description plus sort of the way you were talking about it almost feels TTRPG adjacent. Like it, there is yep. some opportunities for role play and and creating your own path. That's that's very interesting. So yeah, yeah, and I'll and I'll just say you know Earthborn uh, the games as a company is run by Andrew Navarro, who also is one of the lead designers in the game, and they're they're also based in the Twin Cities. So I've got hometown hometown pride, oh, nice. pride nice. in this. Very so cool. a local company. Yeah. I think they're doing really interesting work. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's move on to our number six. Uh, who's got this one? Oh, that would be me. Uh, this will be, so this is going to be my number one, personal number one, uh, number six on the list. And I mean, this game, I feel like has been hyped all year long. Um, I'm just going to jump right to it. I'm not, I'm going to cut to the chase. It's Last Light by uh, Roy Cannaday. Uh, it is a Forex game that, yes, it does play in about an hour, folks, which I never thought would be possible. Um, I'm a, as folks know, I'm a, a fan of uh, Twilight Imperium, and Roy is too. He's a huge fan of 4X games, uh, this one in particular, and also um, uh, Heroes of uh, Land, Air, and Sea. And he's distilled that down into Last Light, where you can play simultaneously, basically. It's a simultaneous action uh, selection game when you're playing cards. And there's only, I think it's like a set of seven or eight cards that everyone has. You play them, and then you just resolve, and eventually you're going to expand your empire you're going to exploit them and uh you know get the resources and build more ships and pew 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 uh that's my technical term for 4x games um and it's a race to 20 light or 20 victory points and it is it's so much fun i was uh, i was really skeptical as far as the playtime is concerned but i played it at two players four players and um with the expansion eight players and every single game has gone around an hour and it, it's remarkable to me. The two-player game, it's got a little dummy player that you play with, and I thought it was really easy to manage. Um, this is me and my buddy Daryl playing on my channel. This was the uh, two-player version uh, variant. And everything about it is just, it's a simplified 4X game, of course, to get it down to that hour. But it does give you that feel of, hey, I've started my corner of the universe, I've expanded out, and now I rule the universe by getting 20 uh, light points. So... Everything about it just uh, hits with me. It is uh, a lot of fun, and that's why it's my personal number one and number six on the list, Last Light. I can't believe that's all you need to rule the universe. It's just 20 uh-huh. light points? That's yeah, it. It's like such Who a small cost to pay to rule the whole universe. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it, right? Just 20 light um, yeah, uh, you know, having Roy uh, teach me was a really, you know, it was a bonus, of course. You know, he taught me at, I think it was Dice Tower West two years ago. And I actually played it with Amy and Maggie the first time uh, in prototype form. And I remember the final version wasn't that different from what we played about a year and a half or two years ago. So it's, you know, he's been developing that for years, of course. And I, I think it's a really cool design and something, you know, 
I, I would love to see him design more games. I, I think it, it was excellent. Yeah, it's a it's a very impressive debut design. I had a similar experience with it as well. As well, I got to um, get it demoed to me by Roy at I think one of the Dice Tower retreats uh, mm-hmm. like a year or two years ago. Um, and I'm really glad I did because again, I don't like space games, but I was like, anytime I have the opportunity to learn a game from the designer, I will always say yes because learning a game straight from the person who made it is always a worthwhile experience, even if it's not a game you would have normally picked up. And I was. Very pleasantly surprised. Forex games are not usually my jam, but the speed of this makes it very, very accessible. We played with a huge group. I don't, yeah. uh, I didn't get the final production version of it, but I don't know if what the player count is. But we played with like ten people or something insane oh, like yeah. that. It was, yeah, it was wild. It was a really, it was a really unique experience, and I'm and I'm glad that for folks who like that genre, this is um, becoming a real staple. It's really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. It's. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, oh. I got nothing to say. Roy, Roy's been hustling and, and demoing <laughs> yeah, it for so many people. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to demo it. It was at WSBG, the World Series yeah. of Board Gaming, but I was running around working the whole time. But if there was one thing that I wanted to try, I was like, ah! Oh. Every time I ran by and saw like Roy running a game of Last Light, I'm like, come on, why do I have to go do this thing? Uh, it seems really cool. I'm excited to check it out. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. Uh, and I was just going to uh, add that uh, that... The, the time element in the game is, is a huge draw, right? Because uh, even if you're not into the 4X genre, the fact that you can bang out a game in 45 minutes to an hour, I think it's like, hey, maybe more people will dip their toes into yeah. something that they may not normally like. So kudos to Roy. And that's our number six. Let's move on to our number five. We've got another special guest coming in through, through video. This is our friend, Grant Lyon. Um, he is going to be revealing number five for the channel in just a second here. And... I think I know what this one's going to be. Oh, you know what it's going to be. Okay, cool. Uh Grant, take it away. I'm Grant with Grant's Game be Blob Party. My number one game time. of 2023 is Apiary from Stonemeyer Games. This is about space bees. <laughs> I love space bees. I've heard some people say, oh, fun. the theme is pretty weird. Fun. And I'm like, exactly. That's one of the reasons I like it. Apiary is a worker placement game, uh, but it does worker placement in a slightly different way, and this is one of the reasons I'm obsessed with the game. You go to a spot, and someone else can still go to that spot that you're at and bump you off of that spot, and then it ticks your worker up in power. So if I'm at a spot with a one, someone else comes there, my worker comes back to me, but now it's a two, and it can do better stuff out on the board. And I love that for a couple of reasons. One, it makes worker placement not very mean. You know, I'm not blocked out from a spot. I still need to consider whether I want to go there because I'm going to help you if I go there and do I really want to help you? But it's not like, oh no, my turn is ruined because I can't go there. And because of that, it makes turns quick. It makes turns snappy because there's no like, oh, you've just ruined my plan and now I need five minutes to figure out what to do instead of that. And the other thing I like about the bumping mechanism is that you can kind of try to set yourself up to bump yourself. There is a strategy where you're like, okay, how do I go somewhere that then I can come there the next turn to power up my own workers? I need to try to power up this to a four because fours can do special things on the board. And so I like that consideration of thinking about how can I bump myself or where can I go that I think the next player is going to bump me because I want to try to power up my workers very quickly right now to do this special thing. And four value workers can do interesting special stuff on the board but once a four value worker is used 
they then hibernate. You lose them for a while. So there's an interesting timing aspect to like, when do I want to do this epic turn, but then set myself up for other stuff. And I, I don't know, you know, I like worker placement in general, and this is one of my favorite worker placement games I've played because of that bumping mechanism. You know, there's fun little space bees and stuff like that in the game. Doesn't hurt to have space bees. That's what I've always said. That's how I live my life is looking for space bees. So yeah, I hope you had a great year in gaming. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Hey, I'm Grant. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So there is um, space bees in this game, and <laughs> something uh, something about uh, worker placement and uh, Stonemaier games just go hand in hand together. I, I've, uh, you know, we talked about uh, with Jamie uh, last time. I love viticulture, and uh, I think this is like the next extension of hey, here's some new unique things uh, going on with uh, worker placement in this game. Yeah, I I love this game. This was this was on my list, and when it wasn't given to me as one of the two I was talking about, I was very curious about who who put it higher up on their list and stole talking about it from me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Apiary is so fantastic. I love that. I mean, he I agree with everything you said. I won't I won't you know drone on and on about it. But yeah, the bumping mechanism is great. I love I love worker placements. I love mean worker placements, but it's lovely to have an option that is a little bit friendlier, yeah. uh, and that's a little bit feels a little less punishing to folks, and that almost engine type thing you can build up of where you're placing your bees and bumping them off to get them at the right level so you can place them again as genius. Uh, and I, I adore this game. This game is fantastic. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, uh, pretty slick. It reminded me a lot of Village, if which I mm. feel like I referenced that before, We talked about this last but, show, uh, yeah. Did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, there we go. That's All it. right. Check right. out the last show. Like, <laughs> That's <"Here>, I love <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on to our uh, number four. Uh, we're going to turn it back to Ray for our number four on the list. Yeah. So my uh, my second favorite genre of board game, besides apparently goofy dexterity games, uh, is really thematic worker placements, which is part of why I loved Apiary. Uh, and when I'm not playing Apiary right now, the other game I'm playing is a game called Darwin's Journey, mm. uh, which really surprised me. I looked at this game and I went, meh is gray and brown and meh and i i was i i was like it's a game about evolution but there's no like evolution the, the evolution didn't really play into it and i wasn't convinced but i got it and i love this game so very much um basically you're following darwin on his journey through the galapagos discovering animals um writing le letters home traversing the islands all that stuff 
Um, and yeah, this game is great. My favorite thing about it. So it's a basic worker placement game, right? The top section of the board, you've got these worker placement spots. The bottom section, you have a map of the Galapagos where you are going out and exploring and discovering different animals. And then you have this little section in the middle that serves as a museum where you can display the various animals that you've discovered. My favorite thing about this game, uh, to keep it kind of keep it kind of snappy, what I love about it is how you level up your workers. So each of your workers is going to be slowly gaining these stamps like in different colors. So red stamps, blue stamps, green stamps, yellow stamps. And those stamps correspond to different locations. So some like worker placement spots, you need to have a yellow stamp in order to go there. So it's almost like your workers are gaining these like stats. And I just love it. I love worker placement. And I love that this game puts that twist on it. And it's also really mean. This game is really restrictive, especially at two players. You have, you're constantly having to pay to go to spots that someone else isn't even on, but that someone else is near that spot that you want to go to. You're constantly having wow. to spend money in those early games. And I love um, really like restrictive um, kind of mean worker placement games. And I just love building up your workers and getting those stamps. Um, yeah. So I love, I love Darwin's journey. Uh, the only thing I wish is that I wish that theory of evolution thematically was a little bit more potent, but for what it is for the crunchy worker placement that it is, uh, I was really genuinely very surprised by, by Darwin's journey. Nice. I, I love that we've gone from an oink game, Ray, all the way to the other side. I feel like we've done journey. That is <laughs> I awesome. I like love all that. kinds of games. Yes. Never predict true. my next move. <laughs> yes. True omni gaming right there. That's beautiful. I love it. It's the beautiful <laughs> yeah. tapestry of what we can. Yeah, that's awesome. I thought this looked so good and I'm glad to yeah. hear what it is. Yeah, it's okay. it's really re it's a really solid worker placement game. I've been my mom and I've been playing this nonstop since we since we got it. I see. I looked at it and I thought it was going to be like a very non confrontational kind of modern style worker placement. And so I didn't get it, and I haven't played it yet. And your description has me completely uh, piqued my interest. Oh, Turn in the corner. It's not just blocking each other from spots. Like in in that map section on the Galapagos, you can never be on the same spot as some. So you're following this like path around the Galapagos, right? You can never be on the same spot as someone else, but you can also never go backwards. So someone can kind of just camp on one spot and just not let you have it. I uh, if yeah. you don't like confrontation worker placement games you're not going to like this i as mm. we've already established love an argument so this game is great <laughs> for me um and nice. i was also just surprised I, I wasn't when i first saw it i wasn't immediately grabbed by it um i'm really glad that i that i got the retail version and got it to the table because i i really like it all right great cool. thanks ray let's move on to our number three we've got yet another special guest uh coming in through the magic of video let's bring on uh, kimberly tolson of uh, Tabletop Tolson, and let me press the buttons and do the things. Hey everybody, Kimberly here, and I have got my pick for 2023. I can't wait to get to it, but I did want to mention two run-throughs that I did for Rodder's channel that I just really, really liked. It, they didn't top my chart, but they were great, and I just couldn't not talk about them. So the first one is The Witcher Old World. I really liked this, and if you saw my run through and my final thoughts, you know I really liked it. Thematically, it's just spot on to the existing IP. I love the mechanics. I think it's just so fun and adventurous. It never matters if you win or lose in this game. I just had a blast. So The Witcher Old World is a great one. And then the other one that surprised me is Unmatched Adventures Tales to Amaze. And that surprised me in that it really revived this kind of unmatched um, dueling for me in the sense that you're all cooperatively playing against baddies. 
and I found it to be just a clean system. You can incorporate all the other unmatched characters. Very dynamic, very versatile, and again, just surprised me with the cooperative nature of it. So those were two run-throughs that I did that I thought were just really good, but my number one pick for the year is The White Castle. So... In the White Castle, players are vying for influence in this castle, and they can do it in a variety of ways. They have farmers that they place out by bridges, and those are going to give them ongoing benefits and immediate benefit. Um, and then they also are going to give victory points at the end of the game. And they trigger by uh, checking the remaining dice on the bridges at the end of each round, which is a really cool feature. I'll talk about that in a second. The other way is that you place courtiers into the castle, uh, rising in ranks. The higher you go in the castle, the more victory points you get. And as you go, you're also taking these cards and placing them in your personal player area, getting this engine building system that goes alongside with your lantern. I always forget the lantern. I can't remember the lantern word, <laughs> but that's going to be your lantern when you activate that particular action. It's going to grow and grow and get better and better as the game continues. And then the last place you can place these uh, little figures from your player board is out into the training grounds. And those are your warriors and they give you immediate bonuses. And they also are going to give you multipliers for your courtiers inside the castle. Now the game works with this really cool dice worker placement. And I love it. The dice are all rolled. They're placed on this bridge. There are three different colors and they are arranged from left to right, low to high. And you're going to take a die and you're going to place it into the castle or on your personal player board. And in a uh, more than two player game, you get to stack dice. Now, when you put a die down or you stack one die on top of another, you look at the pips underneath it and you will gain that money if your die pips are higher in that value. So I place a six on top of a four, I'm going to gain $2. But if I place a four on top of a six, I have to pay $2. And so there's this really fascinating charge for the worker placement where you put it and then you activate that particular place, gaining all kinds of resources because yes, there's resource management in this. You're going to build up that uh, essentially your, your own player area with the lantern cards um, and you're going to be taking away those figures on your board that give you better and better bonuses when you want to run um, your courtiers essentially. Ah, just really, really cool. I like it. I think it's just just streamline enough. The game box says 70 minutes, but I actually think it takes a lot less time because there are only nine turns in the game. You get three turns per round and there are three rounds. And you just take a die, place it out, do the action, and that's it. So I think games take between 30 and 45 minutes to play. And that just, I mean, icing on the cake. I mean, cherry on top. It just fits so well. Lovely theme, great mechanics, great design. I think the White Castle is a fantastic pick for my 2023. Hey, everybody. Yeah, what a, oh, I, I was really excited about this one it was it made my top um of the year uh what it was narrowed down to like my top five i i really enjoyed this one um the design is red cathedral of course this is uh their next uh game the white castle um i'm assuming there's gonna be a blue something in the future who knows but um yeah. very <laughs> very uh, i feel like it's an accessible euro game um it's got it does like classic euro things uh you know pushing cubes and stuff but in a really cool way with the dice uh placement i i love it and uh, as kimberly noted nine turns that's it so you gotta be efficient and it's it's a lot of fun i'm i'm thrilled that it's on the list i mean i haven't played it but i love red cathedral i'll talk about red cathedral all day so oh yeah it's like, for sure it's like one of my most it's it's like my number one that i that i want to get and and play like i i'm i'm just such a fan of of what devere's doing also with like 
so much game in a small box. Yep. Um, it, it, you get a you get that box is stuffed with great stuff. They're just they've just been knocking it out of the park, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm thrilled. Agreed. That it's here. Okay. Um, we've got two games left, folks. Thanks again for hanging out with us for our top 16 games of 2023. We're turning it back over to our guest, uh, Cole. You've got the number two. All right. It's the third pivot. Um, so <laughs> this game, I had to check to see if it was on Board Game Geek to see if it qualified as a board game. Wow. Um, so excited. Yeah. And so, <laughs> because I, didn't, I, didn't, I was like, look, it has to have come out in 2023. I get that rule. And also, like, it does need to be a board game. But this game is Ross Kalman's City of Winter, which is right on the right on the, the little the thin line between a storytelling game, a role playing game and a, and a board game. But I think it is. It is a, it is a, it, it's just an amazing object. And it, it was by far, I, I've played it three times this year and they have been my three favorite game experiences of all the game experiences I've, wow. I've played. Wow. Uh, so this game is, it's made in the United States by, by hand, but by a little team and heart of the deer corn. Uh, there's a couple different like ways to play it, but the, the core mechanism of the game um, is, and I guess I'll, I'll say a word of context. You know, I spent a couple years working on this game oath about big multi-generational storytelling but it's fundamentally a political game. And what's amazing about City of Winter is I feel like Ross got the same prompt that I got, but he walked from the perspective of role-playing games and thought, how, how do I get to this moment? So the way the game works is the idea is that you're, you're playing as a, as a family or, or as a, a tribe that is having to leave. So you, you are, you're, you're walking. And every um, you know during the different phases of the game, you like stop. And kind of share stories and you have encounters and then you you move to like the next little zone and your characters gradually age because they can hold more more little story cards and then they also like when they get old they have to start dropping their little story cards off and you like leave the characters behind and sunset them and bring in new characters and it is inc- an incredibly moving experience and it, it's especially like i have i have uh this is a game people cry when we're, we're, we're playing a game of city of winter you got to be in the right uh, mode, but if you want to see a game that is going to just change what you think can even happen at a table, uh, I just can't think of a of a better of a better title. Um, you know the 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 one one reason why I'm suggesting it to this crew to people who play board games in, in particular is that it is incredibly mechanically robust. You don't really need to think on your feet that much. You can have very simple engagements you know the the game has like little prompts but basically with it's very comfortable with players using a very minimal storytelling technique and you can really let like a lot of the games sort of like happen in in the theater of the mind without without worrying about too much at the same time i will see players really come out of their shells as they start playing the game and kind of inhabiting uh these different things you know if you have only ever played role-playing games with if you've only ever played dungeons and dragons this is the other role-playing game you should play mm-hmm. because it will show you what the, what th- fantastic things that, that this form can do. Um, you know, f- for the player count, uh, I see some people asking about it. I think usually I'll play it with like three to five mm-hmm. uh, as I think ab- about how many people we usually, we usually play it with. Uh, you do not need a game master. You don't need anyone to run the game. You just sit down and play the game together. Uh, it is just, it's a remarkable feat. Um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And the, it is the, it's sort of a companion game to this other game called the fall of magic which is also has that beautiful screen printed scroll and things. And Fall of Magic is also excellent, but City Winter makes me cry. So it, it, it wins out. Wow. Wow. 
I love yeah. the description you gave of how it's, uh, I think you said it's a beautiful object or something like that. And I thought that that's really moving and looking at the video, it's stunning and gorgeous. And I love how they show the game actually physically being printed. It feels almost ritualistic and in, in mm -hmm. the care that got put into the actual product itself. And I love that it makes you cry. I love when games make me cry. So this is definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> something. This like cool amazing thing. currency where you have like these little moments that you encounter and you can either like the core mechanism of the game is you like you go to these zones and then you either can like share an experience where you like give essentially a card to someone else or you can have them show you an experience. But then as the characters age and they lose all their experiences, they kind of like slowly like lose the ability to gain new experiences. And then when they die, they like split their experiences out among the rest of the players. Oh. And then as you're going on, you're like, well, this like character who is no longer in the game gave me this little like memory. And now I get to decide how I want to like pass it through or hold it. It's incredible. It's an incredible design. It also like Ross, I've talked to Ross about design before and he has a background in, in poetry and he thinks a lot about poetry and the words this game uses for the scribes are so perfect. They're at the exact right level of distance where they're not too specific and they're not too vague. And I think it's, it's a real work of art. Wow. Wow. That sounds incredible. It's something I'd never heard of before this. Yeah. And I, 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 Okay, this is coming out of left field. I'm so, so excited that you yes. put this on the list. It sounds just awesome. Just, just that the one thing really hit for me right now, Cole, was the experiences, what the character dies off, you know, and it passes on. Like, I'm getting choked up thinking about that. Yeah, no, it's literally. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be real careful. Yeah. Choose your players well. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the, wow. the, this is not like a con game. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. The opposite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, two <laughs> games to get in my I brought a dark winter <laughs> and see what they're crying in the club. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh my God! What a choice! That's Thank awesome. you for sharing that, Cole. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. That sounds so good. Let's yeah, I, I that love, was amazing. Yeah, I love whenever Cole Cole says anything. I feel all of us lean in and just like start smiling. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> it's like a happy time. place that I want to wow. live in. Oh, you know? <laughs> uh, let's uh, turn it back to Richard for the number one uh, of twenty uh, twenty three, and he's got a special guest joining him again through the magic of video. And I'm gonna press the buttons here and make it happen. I hope. Uh, yeah, here we go. Okay, before we talk about number one, oh man, the list continued to be fantastic. Uh, Chris, City of the Great Machine, I definitely want to play this game with you sometime. Was it um, Shay who did a run-through for her on the channel when it was crowdfunding? Seems absolutely brilliant, and I've loved hearing your stories about playing it with your fellow actors while you were touring on the road. That was fantastic. Cole, Earthborn Rangers has got to be my number one biggest regret of the year. It's killing me that I have not gotten a chance to play this game. Uh, I don't know anybody at the publisher, and they never reached out, and now I'm on the road in Mexico, so I probably won't get to play it until the middle of next year at the earliest, but... It's all the more on my must-play list now, uh, thanks to you. Uh, Ruel, Last Light. Yeah, the game is brilliant. Totally not for me, but I totally get it. Roy Canaday. I, I, I hope someday he decides to design a Euro. I mean, just the core mechanisms of this brought out of a 4X and into more of an economic simulation would be amazing. Uh, Grant Apiary, very, very sharp. I think this is going to go down as a... This, for some people, is going to be a wingspan killer. I mean, seeing as how it's from the same publisher. And I certainly... Hey, 
bye-bye, uh, birds. Um, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely fantastic to just miss my personal top 10 of the year. Ray, Darwin's Journey, oh, I got to play this years ago in a prototype form. I would love to play the final version, especially because I've heard the expansion content that came along with it really takes it to the next level, and it becomes like absolute, just amazing game when you add that stuff. Kimberly, White Castle, yeah, that's on my short list for game of the year. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Cole, City of Winter, I had not heard of this until I saw it on your list, and I went and looked at it, and it looks amazing. Uh, something that no, uh, people are not talking about, but really should be. Uh, anything that can really push the, the industry forward like this is new, clever ways of stelling, telling stories and um, you know, engaging people. I, I'm all for it. It looks lovely. Um, but folks, what's number one on the list? Well, it just so happens that Shay and I tend to agree. We have a shared um, number one of the year. So I'm going to let uh, Shay tell you all about it. Hey folks, so my favorite game of 2023 uh, came out actually very early in the year, so I've had a lot of chances to play it, and that game is Earth. Uh, this is an engine building game where you are playing as Earth, kind of? You're, you're building up an island and filling it with all kinds of plants, and it, it has this great nature theme, but what really draws me in is the engine building nature of it. That's one of my favorite genres of game in general. I also game, like games that have uh, good uh, simultaneous actions. And this has that as well. In this game, you are playing out cards into a grid, a four by four grid that you uh, have a little bit of uh, freedom with until you have defined the edges of it. And then you have to stay within that four by four grid. And also when it's your turn, you are choosing a type of action for like types of actions and uh, you get a better version of that action, but everyone gets to take that action as well. So you need to, uh, you know, obviously do what you want to do, but also take a look at how it benefits other players. And I think that's a really interesting decision. On top of that, this game is so generous. It gives you so much. You get points for everything. You get points for uh, some of the cards. You get points for the uh, resources you put onto the cards. Your resources for the seeds, the, the plants, the dirt. You get points for your discard pile. Uh, there's so many different ways to score points, so it is very generous, and it really feels like you can try a lot of different avenues uh, to get what you want in this game. On top of that, it's got a great nature theme, like I said. I think it's got some great artwork, and it's just a fun game to play. Um, there are plenty of games I've uh, played this year, and I've tried them once or twice, and I've liked them, but I don't know if I'd really want to keep playing it. Every single time I've played Earth this year, I've really enjoyed it, and I would happily play it again. So that is my top game for 2023. All right, bye, folks. Yeah, I just want to add, I mean, this game does so much so well. I think more than anything else for me, the thing that puts it at the top of the list for the year is how deep and rich it is, and yet it plays so fast. Jen and I can easily get this done in under an hour, and it really doesn't matter how many people are playing, because it's still going to be roughly the same length. I want to see more of this uh, industry in a year where it seems like more and more games were getting longer and longer and longer in the heavy Euro space. It is such a breath of fresh air to see games that are quick and snappy, but don't sacrifice depth or breadth at all. Yeah, Earth was an easy pick. I knew it the first time I played it, and uh, here we are at the end of the year, and it continues to be. But folks... 
I'm not done yet. I've only told you two of my top 10. I've got a whole bunch more, and on Christmas Day, come on back to the channel, and I'll be doing a video of my full top 10. There were maybe some more things we talked about on this list that make it onto my personal top 10. Plus, I'm also going to do an associated ramble where I'll probably end up talking about my top 30 or so. So, there's more coming, which is why you should always subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already, folks. Anyway, I'm going to get back to the gang now, and so they can finish it up and then go into a post-show and talk about some uh, near misses that kept off of their list. Okay, everybody. Okay, before we talk about number one... Oh, oh, where did I... Ah, that was one of my choices as well. Uh, Earth was a fantastic game. I played with Richard, and I think actually I played with Shay as well for the first time at Dice Hard West this year, and a wonderful experience. Um, like Shay said, there's so many things. You, I, I love the fact you can score points for dirt. Uh, it just cracked me up the first time I played it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> dirt, yeah, points. But uh, a wonderful engine building game, and uh, really enjoyed that one. I think it was on a lot of people's lists. I mean, it just, it just, it, it was one of those things where the Kickstarter itself was one of the best deals of that year <laughs> as well. It was such like a reasonably priced game for for the amount of stuff that you got in the box. Uh, that's something that I'm always always mindful of is like really good value, and it it's just gotten really widespread popularity amongst a, a, a lot a lot of stuff. There's a reason why it's in the World Series of Board Gaming next year. It's been added in oh, as nice. one of the games for next year. Yeah, uh, nice. so if you're an Earth, if you're an intense Earth player and you want to face off against other Earth players, also like a newer game which. Uh, you know, like the meta hasn't been developed yet. Yeah. I'm excited to see like how that evolves too. There's there's a lot there's a lot of positives um in in in, in Earth for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. So that's gonna wrap it up. Uh that was our top sixteen games of twenty twenty. That was a good list. Wasn't that a great yeah, list? I mean some solid. really good a really stuff there. Fun list. I, oh, with a lot of people. It feels it feels like a lovely end of year celebration. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was very, very nice. And um, we do want to thank our sponsor, Arcane Wonders, uh, for sponsoring the whole thing here. And speaking of Arcane Wonders, you know they've got uh, Gap uh, out now, as you saw Richard talk about uh, there at the beginning. Um, I love uh, Arcane Wonders games. Um, any, I don't know, y'all like Arcane Wonders games? I, I know y'all do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's. I feel. I feel like. Well, I was going to ask Cole this, but I also want to uh, ask. Uh, uh, myself, this, and I'm trying to think of, of, the, of my answer to this one. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Uh, but let, uh, Cole, you go first. Um, <laughs> what's what's your favorite Arcane Wonders title to, to like shout out our sponsor? And then I've got a couple more questions for Cole before we sign off as well. Yeah, related to well, other games. Well, I, I wasn't. So I was not was was not paid or coerced at all to do this. But I will say, as I'm packing up my little Christmas bag, uh, Land, Air, and Sea always always yes. goes in the bag. Yes. It's nice. one of my favorite little travel games. Yeah, great game. That's. That's, That's a great a one. I think for me, I've I've really Furnace. I just played recently, and mm -hmm. it's kind of blown me away. That's my shout out. There's a lot of really good ones, but that's like my shout out of of an active Arcane Wonders game that I'm excited to get back to the table. Yeah. Is Furnace and the yeah. and the new the new expansion? That would be for me. I think. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one's a, a favorite of mine as well. Furnace, and once you play that expansion, Chris, I think your appreciation for that game will will mm. uh, rise. But yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and then and then Cole, I do want to finish. With, oh, I know we're running a little over time, but yes. I want to finish with what I've got two hard hitting questions for you that you got to give the definitive answer to right okay. now. 
Uh, number one, what's your favorite leader game and what's your favorite worthy good game? Those are my <laughs> questions. Okay, I'll take it in reverse order. Favorite worthy good game is John Company. It's the game that when Drew and I would mill around the uh, BGG Con library in years past, we wanted to play a game like John Company, and then we just went out and made it. So it is the one that I'm always happy to play. Um, and then favorite leader game, it's it's arcs, which is a cheat because I know people won't be able to play it till (laughs) till April or so. Um, I love this game. I have we've worked usually by the time I'm done with the game, on the day that we submit, I am done thinking about that game. I don't want to play it for months. months. (laughs) Arcs is not like that. I wish badly that I had a production copy right now to be playing. Um I also I adore that everyone in the office who who like it, most people in the office like it quite a bit, but everyone has strong feelings about their favorite way to play it. Some people only like playing the campaign game like this, or they only want to play the certain type of base game like that. And uh it's just uh it it is it was been a real labor of love for everyone on staff and it it's the thing that is like still stuck in my head. So it is the game, the leader games, the game certainly that I'm most proud of, and I'll also say it was it was the, the biggest push, and I'm tremendously proud of our team for putting it together. It has more art than Oath. The editorial ask was just so huge. More graphics design templates had to be built for it. Basically, everybody who could, you know, have to like level up in order to finish this job on, uh, you know, uh, at the company. Everybody had to level up to get it done, and uh, I just want to kind of rejoice in that. So yeah, the one the one cool. that I could pick, it's Arcs. Cool. Nice. That's ask, awesome. Can I ask so one cool. more hard hitting question? Since we're yeah, on the topic let's sneak it in. that you have yes. to give a definitive answer on. What root faction do you pick when you play? Uh, I for a long time. If you were time, playing right now, what do you pick? If I had to play right now, mm. probably the keepers, the badgers, because they're the ones I'm the Ooh. worst at. I have no what? good badger meta. So like when I play, like if I have to play like an exhibition game or someone just wants me to join their game, I'll play the cats or the eerie or the lizards because I've played hundreds of games <laughs> of factions. I've got ways of playing them. I can have not conversations on the side and not worry about it. The, the keepers break my head every time I play them. <laughs> I want to I play them. Awesome. Nice. Well, thank you again, Cole, for joining us. I really appreciate this. It was a great show. Uh, folks, don't forget to check the uh, show notes below for uh, links to find um, uh, Cole everywhere on the interwebs and also uh, for the extended edition where we do a pre- and post-show. I uh, want to thank our sponsors one more time, Arcane Wonders, for sponsoring this episode. Thanks for watching the r and show. We'll see you later next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>